You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. A brilliant and daring inventor creates a machine for traveling through time and finds a future Earth split between predators and prey. That is the story of the time machine, which premiered today in 1960, at least in one place. Keep listening. I'm Earl Green, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for August 17th. H.G. Wells created a classic with his 1895 novella, The Time Machine, and 65 years later, director George Powell put his own stamp on the story by turning out a dazzling, special effects-laden film. You can listen to Sci-Fi 5 for February 1st, 2021, to hear Powell's background and how he got the gig. The story easily lent itself to a big-screen adaptation. It begins at the turn of the century, the 20th, that is, where the inventor, George, recounts this harrowing tale to his friends. He started slowly at first, just pushing forward hours, then days and a few years. At each stop, he encounters man's inhumanity through two world wars and an impending nuclear destruction. When he emerges, George thinks he's in an idyllic future, 800,000 years hence, where innocent people called Eloi play and commune with nature. But the Eloi are only one side of future humans. The others, the Morlocks, live underground and kidnap, then eat the Eloi. We won't spoil the ending, but we'll say that 19th century heroics have their place in the far-off future. As viewers were treated to brilliant time-lapse effects photography of the world changing around the traveler, all from the comfort of his iconic Victorian design machine. That machine, incidentally, and other aspects of the film were designed by Hua Chang, also covered in Sci-Fi 5 from August 2nd, 2022. George Powell put to use his decades of special effects wizardry and creating memorable scenes on a budget, and audiences seemed to eat it up. How did the critics respond to it? And when exactly did it premiere? After a string of successes and multiple Academy Award nominations, George Powell could be choosy over his projects. MGM wanted to work with him, but the American studio took a pass on the time machine. Their British office accepted, though, and Powell was given the green light. He and his crew squeezed every last penny out for the on-screen spectacular. Ironically, with location filming being too expensive, the crew found themselves shooting in California, right back at MGM Studios in Culver City. As was common at the time, a limited number of prints meant that premiere dates for the time machine were staggered. If you lived in Italy in 1960, you would have seen this British-produced English-language film a full two months before anyone else. Stateside, the time machine rolled out to the big cities in July and August, but it was the August 17th premiere in New York City that became the default. That's the moment all the critics sat up and took notice. And they weren't always so kind. The New York Times found it creaky and a bit passé. The New Yorker went so far as to say the movie converts, quote, good simple-minded material into bad simple-minded material. Ouch. Audiences quite liked it, though, and the time machine earned its place as a classic. To this day, it bears a respectable 80% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and at the time of its release, it was a profitable movie. Costing less than $1 million to make, it raked in more than $2 million in box office worldwide in its first release, an achievement the studio said only earned it a quarter million in profits. So somehow the magic of studio accounting still hasn't changed in all those decades. They even said they wanted a sequel, but the proposed scripts didn't pass muster, and Pal died before that dream could become reality. 
The Time Machine's legacy lives on, though, with the 1960 movie re-released many times over and Powell's reputation as a visionary intact. Maybe more importantly, Powell's legacy as a person is intact, too. Actor Alan Young, who appeared in The Time Machine as Philby, both of them, said of the director, quote, He was the gentlest, nicest man outside of directing, and when he was directing, he was the same way. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for August 17th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.